Hi there, and thank you for taking the time to listen to Brick and Mortar. This is a podcast that explores the hidden complexities and nuances of real estate with the objective of creating more informed and successful real estate investment decisions. This includes everything from design to soil testing, urban planning to engineering, and business systems to data science. My name is Daniel Foch. I am a real estate broker with Royal Page Commercial, and I present this podcast with my colleague, Joey Garnett, who is a sales director and project manager in the construction space with a company called Albany Building Products. We both work in family businesses. If you're looking for transcripts or show notes, you can find those at dfoch.co, where all of my social media and seminars are also available should you wish to reach me. So without further ado, this is Brick and Mortar. Yeah, I just wanted to, to start off, I typically start off with um, allowing the guests to introduce themselves, and then I'll oh. record a little bit of an intro about our discussion prior um, and, and put it in, but if you want to just start with a, an introduction of yourself, go as far back as you want to, to kind of create the story and, and explain what you do in the context of real estate now, and um, and then we can, we can go from there. All right. So yeah, I'm Tyler Blakely. Uh, I think me and Dan's been, fr- been friends for... Pretty much entire life. Yeah. Grew up on the grew up on the same street, um, and really growing up here, I think I've always had a an affinity for looking at data, looking at statistics, um, and that really drove me to 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 get my undergrad in financial mathematics at uh, Wilfrid Laurier. I think my initial thought was always to go into the the financial markets probably really driven by everything you hear, making all this money in the yeah. financial markets. Yeah. Um, then once I got out of school, um, it was a little bit difficult to find a job in, in the financial markets. They really wanted more experience or more, or really a master's degree to really get started. Um, and this opened up an opportunity at this, uh, at RPS Real Property Solutions, uh, uh, working out as a data analyst, um, really working at with uh, real estate data. Um, so once I got into that job, it really sort of blossomed back my passion of really working in just any kind of data, but uh, it just so happened that we started in the real estate data, and then me and Dan sort of reconnected uh, again, just sort of you being the realtor and me yeah. having some of this data and bringing some unique uh, conversations we can. For sure. We can bring. Um, and I've been at RPS now for about six years. So they're really um, one of Canada's residential valuation companies. So they provide um, appraisals, um, full appraisals, and then we actually also provide just different valuation, uh, valuations using data products we've created. Right. Um, so we have the automated value model where we can do just sort of a, a, an appraisal using a computer model um, and sort of just other data products where we've created sort of seeing house price trends across Canada and sort of just other unique things we're sort of working to try and create. Um, so that's sort of where I am, and then um, we've really sort of blossomed into getting a sort of getting an idea into working in machine learning, okay. um, especially in the last two years. It's really sort of sparked an interest in me, and sort of the company sort of wants to get into it, and this led me to going back to school at York University for uh, a certificate program in machine learning. So I finished that in May. So it's sort of eye-opening on sort of just how much the the capabilities of machine learning are out there and sort of just it's pretty much you can use it almost in anything any way you want it's 
but it's really getting down to you need the data first. Right. I mean, you'll see that even even in my current data job, probably eighty eighty percent of my time is is working and cleaning the data and understanding right. the data. The last twenty percent is using some machine learning, which we right. get into, but it's really working on making sure we get clean data and right. no understanding that data there. So that's probably about 80% of... Like, knowing like where to parse out like the crap. Knowing where to parse out. Um, again, a lot of times is we get data from multiple sources, so it's really trying to um, figure out which which data is right. So uh, uh, sort of just deciding, okay, I see we see one property with 2,000 square feet, we see another one with 2,500, we see one with the range. Yeah. Sort of trying to combine all that and trying to clean and center and say, okay, in this area, where's our best data that we have? Right. So it's really, I mean, that spends a lot of our time in. And the other one is just sort of creating different, playing with and seeing, okay, what other features can we think of that can help us with sort of figuring out what, what drives real estate right. or residential real estate in our, in our case. Right. Do you find that, um, like, are you, do you play a pretty big role as a critical thinker in that space? Like, can I ask you, like, pointed questions sort of about direction and, and trends, or is that sort of somebody above or a different role? Like, No, you can definitely, um, like, trends in direction in, in terms of the residential the real estate. Housing prices, like, sort of what we've Yeah, so that's our, that's our bread and butter. Right. Yeah, so that's really what um, RPS's main product. So we have what was called the house price index. Right. And that's really just driving house price trends across yeah. across Canada at different neighborhood levels. So right. city, postal code, right. um, provincial, national. Okay, cool. I'd love to dive into a little bit of that too um, if you're seeing any trends. But two things I just wanted to touch on that I thought were mm -hmm. funny when, during your intro and then we'll move into the sort of the weird questions that I always ask. But um, yeah. the... Uh, it's. I, I thought it was funny that you said you know that you wanted to get in the finance space. Um, I'm assuming like investment banking kind of stuff. Too, yeah, right? that was the initial thought. I, I think it's funny just in the context of Canada because like um, I you know I have a couple of friends who are I bankers. One of whom actually that was Matt. When yeah, we, actually, we, we were when we were sitting with one another, and um, I mean there's basically only like two like I'm not giving Canada a ton of credit, but it, we don't really have much going for us as a as a domestic economy beyond housing. So like yeah. I, I think it's funny because. You actually probably work in a more, uh, let's say, I don't, like the, the role almost has a greater sex appeal that you're working at such a high level in housing mm. uh, with housing data because that's the big, like that's 78% of, of our GDP is housing, right? Directly or indirectly. Mm. Where, whereas like, okay, what's like cannabis as an example. Like a lot of my yeah. friends are like in cannabis eye banking or, yeah. you know, uh, oil and gas or whatever, like, uh, you know, natural resources, commodities, whatever. Like those are, they, they play a role in Canada's economy, but they're not like the, 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 that's not what we are. And then I think if you even unpack that further, like you look at uh, on the real estate level, like pension funds are doing the, the like huge real estate yeah. stuff. And these are all like, the, but even pension funds are representing municipal employees. And those are like, those are real estate. Yeah. Like those are people who serve residents. Canada is basically just becoming, you know, the best place potentially in the world to live. Everybody wants to live here. And that's why, at least for the foreseeable future, our economy is just housing. So I think you actually already work in the finance space. Yeah. I never actually thought about that, but but you're kind of true. I think it's what kind of led me to stay in the space too. Like it just interests me now yeah. that you see actually just what goes into a real, a, a real estate transaction and yeah. like just how much, I guess you, even you go even deeper where you go inside the investment into the real estate work. It's, it's yeah. Just, where I'm just like, it's, it's ingrained into Canadian economy, which is, yeah, which is massive. It is funny though, because like, um, I mean, real estate, the, the transaction itself has always functioned as what most people call a, a asymmetric information, 
right? Yeah. But now, like, more than ever, we have access to information that has been, you know, like, you know, there's yeah. so much data, it's so easy to get to, like, yeah. there's, like, House Sigma, Zolo, all these things, right? Um, so, like, now that's kind of been broken down, but there's still, like, this arbitrage that's happening, like, why are, I don't know, like, there's there's still, like, a 5, 2-5% to offset in value that can happen just, bit, bit, like, you saw it with your place, right, yeah. uh, in when you sold, it's like, okay, one, a comp, by all, by all like, traditional metrics, my house should sell for that, yeah. at least this much, right? It's just weird. Like, there's still that consumer psychology element. And I guess the question I had is, is that, like, is that what machine, or machine learning is, like, trying to figure out? Is how, how do we... Like, so, yeah. I mean, like you said, that's probably the hardest thing to get mm-hmm. is get that last little bit where you're saying, what we, what we usually say is, we can tell you what the house is worth. Right. What we can't tell you is, is there going to be someone out there that's, that's willing pay to pay right. what it's worth? Right. Or... Is there someone out there? I mean, you probably deal with it too. That they fall in love with the house as soon as they yeah. walk in. You're just like willing to overpay. Willing to overpay. Just happened this morning. Yeah, you're just like, it's probably not worth it. Yeah. But I mean, we can go there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but they're like, no, we love it. We'll we'll pay the extra five percent. I mean, how do you, how do you get that information? And it's probably the hardest information to even get. Like it's the stuff that, I mean, it's stuff that you want to lock down. It's that credit. It's that behavioral information about yourself. So, in my mind. Machine learning might be able to help you. Like, might be able to say, and I don't even know how you'd even. Do I have it. some ideas. On I might do some like the curb appeal we, of a house where we know these right. houses make people um, overpaid. Like this type. Right, right. It's just these furnishes. Like but it might who be, tells you that, right? Because it's like you almost can't get to the point where you can create a regression or whatever mm-hmm. where that's a variable in the multivariate, yeah. right? It's like there's a realtor. That's what the answer is. Like, yeah. it's it's the me or the me and the other agent working together to figure out. Like where the actual that's the five percent spread, right? Yeah, I'm wondering how much we could do where, if we if we know, I mean, it'd be a lot of assumptions where based on our model we assume it's this. It went over five percent, went under five percent, and you can use those data points being like, okay, we assume this, but we didn't see any buyers in this area. I, and then I have an interesting going, point. I want to run you by could you. Could go there, after. but I'm like, it's you need a lot of data points just to even get something. Cons- and you need, but you need. Consumer psychology data. Yeah, which I don't know where. Mm, trying to think where you can get it. You couldn't. I mean, yeah, you'd have it, to create a platform to do it. That's what I actually. After I, I, which I would be, love to chat. Yeah. Uh, with you about afterward, and then we can mm-hmm. maybe we can do a whole separate series about it, or a whole separate episode about it. Yeah. Because um, there's a couple of people that I'm working with in the space that that um, that are like you know working on concepts like that. Mm-hmm. It's just not really my uh, stuff to talk about. So yeah. we can talk mm-hmm. about it off the. the mm-hmm the podcast afterward. Um, the other piece I wanted to touch on was the, the it's, you said that sort of seemed like your organization wants to go in the machine learning direction. And then are you sort of going to be, end up being like the champion for that? Do you think, or like, is that, is that what it feels like? Or is there, or uh, like are you the, is there somebody else that in the space that's qualified for that? The reason I ask is just cause like uh, a lot of the people that uh, listen to my podcast are people that are younger than you and I, like sort of yeah. make, making early career decisions or even university decisions. It's like, would you recommend them somebody like you? Like, is it is it making you more marketable as a as an employee or as a? Um, um or I think less so. Disposable I think there? definitely. I think what initially started is when I started, they were doing they just released um, a machine learning product, okay. and that's sort of what sparked my interest in it. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean. I took a couple of stats course, you learn regression, but now it's sort of this branch machine learning that came out of that. And yeah. now seeing the power of just this one tool. And then I sort of got into it, reading different blogs, yeah. reading different things. It sort of interested me. 
Um, started playing around myself just yeah. through, I mean, the beauty is that we have the data at my work that mm. um, we worked on standardizing. So we, we can get a quick, clean data set that, that runs really well on different uh, regression models, classification models right. that just make it quick, easy to play around with, which I was just learning. Like just yeah. I have some time and in, in theory, like, can we, can we do something with it? A lot of the ideas you work with your boss is like, what do you think about this? Can we create some product around cl- classifying a house mm-hmm. based on these attributes? We don't know what it is. Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so then that would really drove me to get some schooling in. So during one of the conferences at York, had this on a inaugural program for machine learning. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking that. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, really gives you more of the the exactly what goes into machine learning. Like I had just blogging. I'm like, okay, I need data. I run this model. I know how to do this, but it's really trying to frame the problem, setting it up and really sort of understanding the different levels of machine learning. Um, and the terms, like, I mean, I I could speak that I I can make a model and sort of really understanding. I mean, it didn't go too deep in the model. Like you, you need master PhDs that really get into it. But the, I would say the beauty about the community is the community is mostly open source. Right. So even if I have questions, I'm going on there. Yeah, Most yeah. likely someone else had the same question. Yeah. And they're constantly, I mean, you have to be on top. Like, I, I'm, like there's constantly every day there's new papers or new models that mm-hmm. someone pushed it to the limit and got some 1% better on accuracy. Yeah. But I think the biggest thing that we struggle with is it's that, that balance. Like, do we need a top-of-the-line model that takes a week to run right. for 0.01% increase in accuracy? Probably not. It's it's more. And do we have the skill set to do that? Like those are the people that like can understand and tune the model very specifically. Where do we really? We we need a model that can get up to par here and yeah, and covers up. Cover the rest. But it's also real time too. Like we got to make it where it's accessible and using it. So that's the interesting part, and it also ties into what I want to chat with you off the record. But um, is like if you were to build that interface. If you're collecting the human element, it's like you would it, you would almost want to do it in real time. So it's oh, like, you'd almost want it, and that's where everything's sort of going. Is they want real time streaming? Imagine which man, is so, sort of like, and all these big cloud subscribers are coming out with their their own thing, saying yeah. this is streaming analytics now. This is streaming like we can help you build it. And granted, I play with some of them. They say they're easy. Right. I, I always find that I'm following the blog, setting up, and yeah. I'm like, I get an error. Right. But I mean, you go down a rabbit hole and yeah. you play it, and you, you feel good once you get it running, but. Right. Um, it is funny, like, I mean, on the real-time piece, imagine, like, especially when we were talking about, uh, I think it was before we started recording, but um, the how Canadians are so obsessive about the value of their house, right? It's like, which imagine is, yeah. you can know, you get a notification every day, today your house is worth this much money. It's like yeah. a stock, right? Because, like, we treat our housing like a stock, realistically. And mo- for most people, it's a savings vehicle oh, and a commodity. Which is huge. Even when I think about it, I'm always running the numbers right, just saying, right. okay, yeah. what did I save okay. this month? Even though I'm not really saving it, I'm paying the bank, but yeah. I'm saving money. It's well, a, but you're paying the bank, you're renting yeah. money, and you're paying the bank for the privilege of them saving the money for you, realistically. Which is nice. Right? And then, then I'm... And then for me, I'm looking, okay, how's my neighborhood doing? Yeah, yeah. What's the appreciation? Yeah, yeah for sure. The it's problem funny. is it's really hard to get real time because for, for house price rent. So even us, we, we only update monthly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So to get, to get like real time yeah, yeah. to, I don't the know. Problem is, I think the problem is that we, I think you were mentioning it when you, were, you sent me some notes that the hardest part is the transactions take a while. It's right. not like stock where yeah, we're seeing millions of transactions no. in seconds. Yeah. We're seeing maybe a couple a year in your neighborhood mm-hmm. or on your street. Well, and then the closing period is long as well. Yeah. Like so days on market. So it's so like, like we need to see real time, but how much does one transaction 
affect your neighborhood. I mean, some people might affect more. So it's again behavioral. Like if you see my neighbor sell, granted, depending on your neighborhood and how similar your houses are, you you might be like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely getting that. I was wondering about like if you could tie in like a like okay going back to this platform that we were saying like imagine because like I you I guess you read my my post about like what would it look like if all of these things yeah. were tied together if you could gamify the like valuation of houses from a consumer thing like where they had an incentive to be right and they mm-hmm. were guessing on like rating people as like a hot or not for houses right yeah um some something like that where there's that's I don't know like it's like how do you capture that consumer element. Which would be big to know what the consumer is thinking right away. At all so times. I, yeah, to all times. Because I mean, we can tell you that a pretty good on, on mm-hmm. even when we do back testing. How yeah. we're we're fairly accurate on telling you yeah. what the general neighborhood is. Yeah. It's that it's that it's that five to ten percent, yeah. or maybe even less than that. But what's that consumer thinking? Especially in a neighborhood that's smaller, doesn't see a lot of transactions. Like, do you guys get more or less accurate in urban areas? More. Yeah. See, but, but it impacts now, the opposite. Yeah. Okay. I'd have to see. I don't I know. So, yeah. yeah, I'd have to double check. I think impacts the opposite. Like when yeah. in rural areas, they're pretty bang on mm. with the valuation. I guess because the values don't change as rapidly. Yeah. Either. So tens rural tends to be big neighborhoods too. So the smallest one we really go on is FSA. Right. Right. For for trends and like a rural FSA covers like six cities. Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. yeah like um, Ontario. Also, I mean, it varies a little bit depending on the neighborhood. Yeah. Like if if all the houses are the same. Yeah. But high homogeneity in, yeah. in the housing stock, we're gonna be better. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Versus... So that's why condos are nice, too, right? Yeah. Okay, and, and condos, yeah. Right. Condos are there. You're just breaking down, basically, to a foot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, let me... I'm going to... We can rip through these these questions, because we kind of, like... I, but yeah. I always just do them to build context. I don't think I need to, really, with you, because um, I think, you like, you know, we both sort of think about real estate from the same way, but mm. um, just quickly, uh, which building in the world do you spend the most time in? And then we can say, uh, which room in your house do you spend the most time in? And... Um, and what's your favorite place you've ever been to and, and the why behind each of those? Oh, yeah. Um, so for which building I spend the most time in, it's probably, it's not really one, I would say. It's really three. So it's definitely my house here in Keswick. Yeah. Um, and again, it's my office in Toronto. Right. Those are two of the most. And I would say the third, or we were talking to you before, is, is really the commuting aspect. So uh, I've only been commuting for about four months now. And so I do spend about three to four hours, depending on traffic, weather, yeah, yeah. winter right now. So the commute's been a little rougher. So I think that was a little bit of of an experience. But again, this is talking that I, honestly, for the house that I'm in here now, without without commuting, there was nothing I could yeah, yeah. could afford. Um, so it's really those three and uh, yeah, for like for a, a utility standpoint, right? Like, there's no way you get this much house. No, there's no way, and like yeah. It's funny, actually, sorry to interrupt you, but no. um, when you talk about the, the, the transit element, because I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday about how, um, like, the Innisfil side of the lake is evolving to be very much more um, the white collar because they have the GO train exposure, yeah. um, and those are the ones going right into the city, which you've said doesn't matter to you because you don't live close to Union, or yeah. you don't work close to Union, but, and then Keswick and, like, the Georgina side of the lake is very trades because of the, the 400, yeah. um, and I, I always find that, like, when we were having this conversation, it was, the, the dichotomy is interesting to me because... I wonder which one is ultimately going to end up being wealthier. Like, because I think that trades really are like the millionaires of the future, right? Like, these are I the guys who make so stupid money. When, and when our housing is 80, 75, 8%. Especially me, now that, I've, now that I'm 
actually owning the house where I'm just like, honestly, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. I looked, I looked downstairs, yeah. I'm like, yeah. oh, like, something's not working. And I'm yeah. like, and I call my buddies, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, and there was a, I don't know if it was a push, but a growing up where you're like, no, you're getting in, let's get into computers, yeah. let's get into yeah. this. And now it's like, no, trades are where it is. Yeah, like, yeah. There's, there's a shortage on trades, mm-hmm. they'll pay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the scarcity is crazy. They can yeah. invest in trades whatever they want. Which is, yeah, which is going to be the point where they're going to be at the point where like, yeah, I'll, I'll come in and look at it, but. Yeah. It's minimum five hundred dollars. Yeah. I mean, just look at well, it. Well, because they can all go build condos in the city, right? Yeah. And it's easy, like to do rough ends or like whatever. Like, I mean, yeah. You look at a guy like Mike. Like this guy, used to, he was spraying garages, making like a quarter million dollar a year with spray foam. Like that's yeah. even not even a skill. And I, trade, like, right? we can get deeper into this, maybe in another one, but it's like you can't automate that. No, no, that's so, like, the thing. You, that's the thing. Yeah, has to be and I'm like, I'm sure we can do a podcast on automation yeah. and just like, in the future, but like that's one of the ones yeah. I think you're safe. Like, yeah, I've seen some things where like they built a three D house, but I'm like, yeah. I'm pretty sure they printed it and like, yeah. so they, then they bring a tradesperson yeah. in to finish. Well, you can like you, you can, can build, you, you can, could simplify it. Like you could take it from a skilled labor position. Like if you got into modular housing, and I don't, yeah. I don't know if you, know, I think you know my brother and I do like a lot of stuff with the shipping containers. Yeah. So for us, it was like, okay, how do we save on labor costs by doing all of your electrical? plumbing everything before it leaves the, the and like uh, just shipping the shipping yeah. container fully exactly yeah. and then, then you just get a crane and stack yeah. it and then somebody hooks up and that because then you could have your building inspector in the manufacturing environment and just and now it's unskilled right yeah so you don't have to pay, so now you can pay somebody minimum wage rather than 35 bucks or like 60 bucks or whatever the yeah. journeymen are making ridiculous money yeah. right um anyway sorry we did def- definitely get a little idea yeah that was my fault i went a little tangential yeah. there but um if you if yeah if you want to proceed yeah. sort of on the so for i think for the the most the room in your house, yeah. In my house, I mean, for me, it's definitely the living room. Okay. Um, is that where you do your work? Or you so that's where, if I do work from home, I'm definitely working in the living room. Right. Um, and I think it's just uh, me and my wife being a little bit younger. Right. We still eat dinner. Right. At the living room oh, in front of the TV. Nice, nice. Yeah, we usually get Netflix going. Yeah, it and all then, changes when you have a kid to like. You need that's to what I'm thinking. Have good habits in yeah, the Yeah, whenever that. Knock on wood, that happens, but yeah. uh, that it could be we could change change it, but yeah, right now it's me as the living room. I'm a big sports fan, so nice. it's pretty it's pretty easy to find Easy-team. this uh, Toronto Leafs yeah, of for sure. Yeah, big football too. Yeah, and big NFL. Yeah, yeah. so uh, Sundays is Sundays. It's definitely this. Who's room. your NFL team? So I don't really have an NFL team. I'm more fantasy, where I'm just like I have players and right, I just right, yell right. at different players. That's good. That's a fun way to do it. Actually. It is. It is, and it's and it's uh, get some swearing at, at yeah, players yeah. for like taking a knee or passing it off. Just throw the ball at yeah. this guy and like, no, they run it in. But yeah, so it's it's definitely for living room. But I know my wife is just the kitchen. She loves right. being in there and just yeah. there. Yeah. But yeah, that's so funny. that's a. I think that's like a a very. Um, in Canadian culture too, like there's a like the like the newfies, right? Like yeah. all the newfies that I know. I, I went to a wedding out in on the east coast, and a lot of them were uh, from Newfoundland or like uh, a couple other places, like more rural areas. But these they have I can't remember the name for it, but they have these parties. They just everybody just hangs out in the kitchen. Like we're in this huge house. There's like mm-hmm. different lounge spaces mm-hmm. everywhere, and people are just congregating into the kitchen. Everybody's sitting on countertops and like. But even mm-hmm. here now, now we do it. But now yeah. I mean, you guys also have a beautiful. Yeah, kitchen, we have a big so. kitchen, so like even then and. You got the the big island that everyone can just stand around and sort yeah, of talk. Yeah. And then we have another social the the high the high top table. So I find we send the ore, but now now that I got the basement, a little man cave. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, we'll go down there too. Fun. But even then, coming up here, it's like yeah, it's yeah. a little different before. Yeah, we'll change when you have a like, little. We actually don't have parties here in the living room, which is weird. Like it's, it's more kitchen, kitchen yeah. downstairs or outside. Interesting. I mean, not outside now with the winter, but hmm. um, but yeah. Very cool. There's very few. Other than if there's a sports game on, we'll watch it here, or yeah, even yeah, not, yeah. I put it on that yeah, TV. Yeah, on that TV. Yeah, yeah I'll put, yeah. Huh. Very interesting. I See, I like to think about that because I always think about, like, the 
a person's home, especially in Canada, because we're so into housing, it's like a lot of people use their houses almost like as like a mixed use asset, right? It's like yeah. where do you where do you do the things that you do in your house, right? And we're like so there's so much more frequency of people working from home and stuff like that. I just yeah. I was in this curiosity around that because it, it tells me a lot about the way that people think about property, right? With their own asset, especially. Yeah. Um, do you want to do the last one or do you want to just move on? Oh, uh, I mean, I can touch on it. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, sort of biased. And my favorite place is. Um, so Florence, um, one that we went to on our honeymoon, right? But it was just, just the first city where I really it's something completely different than yeah. you're than you're expecting. Yeah. Where it's just cobblestone paths, yeah. less traffic, and just all the not huge buildings, but tiny buildings cramped together. Yeah. And you turn a corner, and there's a huge Gothic church. Yeah, yeah. I just thought it was something that like you've never seen before, and what's well, that old world density, right? Yeah, that old yeah, like there. I mean, I'm sure I've never been. We've never really been to Europe. I've been to Greece, but. This was something different than I've ever I experienced. Always, I, I got that feeling when I was in uh, old Quebec or like Quebec yeah. City in general too. Oh, it just has that old world density. Yeah. Like you feel like this happened before the automobile was a thing. Yeah. This, this predated the Industrial Revolution and you can feel it. Like everybody yeah. walked everywhere. But even even in Rome, I didn't get that feeling. Rome felt right. more of a city to me. Yeah. Like they have the metro. I yeah, mean, yeah. Rome was cool. There's yeah. a metro and here's randomly yeah. thousands of year old architecture. Right. Beautiful architecture. But then over here, it's a city. Yeah, yeah there it, was more infill, definitely. Like, it did yeah. modernize a little bit. Because, like, it, I used to spend a lot of time in, um, uh, frick, what's the, the big trade city there? Um, we used to, anyway, when I was in the Swiss Army, I used to go down to, um, to party in, in, um, in Italy a lot. Oh, like, yeah. Um, yeah, but Florence, I felt it, where I'm yeah. like, this is something, like, I'm not, yeah, yes. it's, it's like you said, that olden field density. Yeah. Yeah. Like micro-urban. Like they yeah. were stopped there for a reason. We don't even, we might not know right yeah. now. Yeah. So it was just, a lot it was like just great food and ago. drinks. Like it was just, yeah. Yeah. Some, yeah. Mm. I'd definitely go back and just, yeah. yeah. Just for Florence. Yeah. Yeah. You never get that. I find that um, in, in Toronto, like you get, you do have like a, a different uh, era of, of that like historicness, like sort of a lot of the Victorian yeah. stuff. Um, but like. I've, I've had a curiosity around like why a lot of um, Asian consumers choose to settle in North York as an example, but it's, but North York has a like space age, new city to yeah, yeah. feel to it. Right. Like all the buildings are brand new. Like there's yeah. not really much old stuff. Right. Yeah. For Toronto, you still get those old Victorian. Yeah. Homes, it's like, yeah. it's like yeah. New Yorkish a little yeah. bit. Like it's got sort of the Victorian age, like a lot of red brick, a lot of sandstone, yeah. um, spaced out. I don't know. It's cool. I just, uh, yeah. But you see a lot of them. Yeah. I really like your perspective there. That's cool. Very interesting. Um, um, the next piece is, I think, um, a lot of the conversations that I had, like applied sort of like real design thinking, let's say like to, so like designers, like my, you know, my brother, I did an interview with, and then I mentioned that I did one with, um, Danielle Kelly, which should be released prior to this one. Um, who are like in the design space, but I always think about applying the design design thinking mentality because it's like so popularized now of like you know, I don't know bre- breaking everything down to like a very um, spatial thinking or thought process. How do we think about like your side of the business from that? Like the data, the evaluation of like how is it consumer behavior? I don't know, and it, it doesn't have to be an elaborate an- answer, but applying like design thinking to solving problems from your perspective in real estate and it may be like an example i could give for kyle would yeah. be like because my, my brother's yeah. a landscape architect is how do you like he he's uh you know in a lot of cases figuring out how to change the way that, that people use space to you know better protect the ecosystem or you know uh use rainwater better or whatever like cre- increasing the efficiency of buildings yeah. for you it's a whole different suite of problems to solve 
maybe the answer to the question is even just what are those those challenges that you face on, on a daily basis? Yeah, so I really say the challenges is we don't see a lot, we don't do a lot about the like the design of the home, the inside right. of home. Right. And this is one space where we could really improve. But again, it's that data that's it's hard to get. You got to get right. inside the home and right. somehow yeah. get them. So we do a little bit on more on the condition of the home, right. but it's very general. It's, it's sort of, is it good? Is it well? Um, are there any abnormalities in the home? Like it's right. really some, it's some, I mean, and these are all it's probably one of the pieces that we, we should get better at. It's more that the qualitative analysis, right. Yeah. but again, you can use qualitative and machine learning. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's sort of just a different NLP version of it, yeah. which I really think is, is can we leverage that, that kind of piece into it right. or even um, designs of what are people, I mean, maybe this is more of your portal, talking more of your portal, but getting to know what are people looking at? Right. Like, are they stopping on specific photos of specific things? Do you and, think Treb's API is going to help you solve that at all? No, I don't I think, think so. It's like, functionally pretty useless. Yeah, you know, I don't think we... Been trying yeah. to work with their API. Yeah, but this would be a thing. Like, can you, can you learn something from behavior? I mean, the only way I think we can get the information is, is by all through a portal and yeah. watching and yeah. seeing how they interact with that portal and right. sort of gauging, can we see something? I mean, there's all this talk about can you create sort of a recommendation engine based on, well, you look at this home, it has this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. We see you spent time longer on this kitchen right. photo that has a granite countertop. Mm-hmm. Let's put all this information, let's put all this data that we have on you now and say, what about this thing you right. suggest? The other piece is, can we leverage some of the previous stuff that we know? One is, you like this neighborhood. Yeah. We know it's close to all this, this, this. We know it's close to parks. We know it's um, has some good, has some really good schools. The values are maybe a little higher for you. Right. Let's suggest something maybe 20 minutes away that right. has has good schools, has everything else, but it's a little cheaper. Right. But it's the same type of home. Right. So we could probably do that now. It's it's getting that last little bit on yeah. um, the inside of the home. The humanity. The, the, yeah, the yeah. humanity. The, the actual yeah. design of the home. Yeah. It's definitely something we'd like to look into. Those are sol- those are sort of like such solvable problems though. And I think that like the 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 as if if Canada's housing does continue in such a fashion, like the land value is be is really the increasing piece. It's like Oh it's yeah, it's so everything. The, like, so like the function of the, the home in the value, like the actual site improvement let's call it, mm-hmm. in the value becomes so nominal that it's like okay uh, you're the five percent guesswork that that we're left with is actually greater than the the cost of completely redoing the interior of a home. Yeah. Right? So it's like okay, you could probably like, and I, and I can tell you this actually happens because like I know designers who have a client who they're like, uh, they'll show a client a house that they just did, and the person's like, okay, I want literally exactly this. Yeah. And they're like, okay, this was an X model house in Stonehaven. Yeah. And then they'll call me and they'll say, find me five of X model houses in Stonehaven. Yeah. And we're going to go and just, put offers in on all five and pick and whichever one we can get for cheapest because this person's going to go in and spend a quarter million dollars anyway. She's yeah. like, whatever we can get we're, for the best value. Yeah. And then, yeah, then we'll go in and complete change. Right. Like, so those are things that happen. So some, in some cases, that's a variable you can almost just throw out. Yeah. I think the, where the higher the land value, the less of a role that, that matters. Of, yeah. Because you get something cheap, they're like, yeah, we're going in and gutting it. See, and then a lot of it ties into those, like, urban design factors, yeah. which is, like, proximity to amenities, things that yeah. you're talking about. And how do you learn those about people? Because in a lot of cases, people don't actually fucking know what they want, right? It's yeah. like, they're like, oh, yeah, I want to be close to the doctors. Or, like, or sorry, I want, I don't know. Like, but then they don't, they don't actually care. Like, I thought I wanted to be close to downtown Newmark, and it was great until now my daughter, like, 
I have to like draw entertained all the time. Well, and but before I would like I would take her in the stroller when she was just a baby, and we would walk down the river, walk and all this stuff. But now I I just need like a place so that we can like I could never afford the house that I'm about to move into yeah. in that area. I don't know. Like yeah. there's trade offs, right? And I think we don't know. we saw that too when we were when we were looking at this house even three years ago when we bought our first house. It was okay. What are trade offs? One is we want a good commute. Yeah. That was number one. Yeah. And now three years later, I'm like, no, I actually want a bigger house. Yeah. And I, I'm like, it's I don't really it. mind the commute. And I'm like, to me, to me, it's worth it. But well, you don't people, sound like the type of person who like feels soul sucked about it. I think you approach things with the right mentality. And yeah. like, this isn't something I, I don't really get into like the whole like mm. um, self-help stuff in like the, yeah. in the podcast or many people who do it way better than me. But like, it sounds like to me, you approach, like when we're talking about the commute, you didn't have a single complaint about it. Right. It was no. like, I could talk to other people who live in certain areas and they're like, Oh fuck that. This time of year, like, blah, 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 I sat yeah. in traffic for three hours, and I'm like, yeah, well, but you're miserable when you get home. Like, just move to the city and live in a condo that you hate if you're going to yeah, be complaining. Yeah, that's the other thing. But I'm like, maybe it was just growing up, too. Yeah. We, we grew up you in a small town, to and I'm like, I get used to it. I kind of like it. Like, I mean, I don't don't mind. I like going out yeah. in Toronto, but sometimes I'm like, there's there's just too much traffic, too much congestion. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've, I always think it's funny that people, like, I think people give their, like, they, they place so much value on their own time. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, like, let's assume, like, even when these car, like, when the self-driving cars become a thing, it's like, okay, let's just assume that your commute, that Elon Musk drives you to work every day, yeah. okay? So you just got three hours back. What are you actually going to do with that time? Yeah. You know, like, what are people doing on the go train? They're sleeping, they're flipping through their Instagram, well, like, how many people, or they're working already, like, yeah. it's like, okay. Uh, Maybe you get a little bit, but there's, you're right. definitely not getting every... It's not like, yeah. it's just like, you're just going to be pissed off in a different place. Yeah. I think that's funny. Like, you're still sitting through, you're still, other than... You don't have to, you don't have to pay attention to drive. You're, yeah. you're sitting there though. Right. You're, you're still stuck. Right. Like I think I know we were talking before is I still like even now with the the advent of po- podcast now. Yeah. You can literally learn. Yeah. Like there's different machine learning ones yeah. that I've listened to before. But even then, I'm I'm a huge in sports. I can just sit on sports radio. I can listen yeah. to that for an hour and yeah. it goes by like nothing. Yeah. To me. And you get to digest information. Yeah. Like, or you get to digesting. have a set aside period of time yeah. where you're doing a motor skill. And then, like, a literal motor skill, and then you can use your brain for other shit. Yeah, or even it's just sitting, thinking about a problem at work that yeah. we're stuck on. Yeah. I have three hours now yeah. of my day. I thought it was so funny that you said that, because, like, I love just thinking now. Like, I have, yeah. like, really severe... So I'm, like, the little rabbit holes in my head, but yeah, I'm yeah, like, well, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm going to this. Yeah, yeah, Too much, but, yeah. But, yeah. like, you do have some time. I mean, every so often you get the, ah, oh, another yeah, traffic, but yeah. I'm like, they're few and far between yeah. in the four months. But, and those things happen anyway. It's like, even if you're on public transit, like the yeah. only solution you really have is walking to work. And even then it can suck, right? Yeah. Like this is a bad the snow. snow. Yeah, you're like, I wish you could drive, but it's like, it's I two did, minutes and I gotta... I did a, um, or when I was at CB in, in downtown, they did a cultural exchange of two, so they sent somebody from the van office, Vancouver office to the Toronto office and vice yeah. versa. And they had to like compare notes on like what was different. And the biggest takeaway from the Vancouver individual who was in the Toronto office was like, on any given day, uh, 25% of the office can be missing, right? It's like, people are on the 400, if the 400, if there's an accident on the 400, that office, is, they, people, people if, who, if you're screwed, you're taking the whole day. You're not coming yeah. in late. Yeah. If it's a, if it's a DVP, if there's an accident, that 25% of the office is yeah. missing. If it's a go train, there's an accident, yeah. that yeah. group is missing. And then if it's the subway, that group is missing, right? Yeah. It's like, so, I, don't, I mean, a lot of it just comes down to the function. Like, I think Toronto does have an infrastructure problem and like, yeah. I won't get into it because mm-hmm. like, I it just, I'm not qualified really to, to mm-hmm. think about it, but um, I just think that's really like it's a funny like you're screwed regardless, yeah. right? What the Vancouver guy say? I that, mean, that was the, I mean, what the Toronto guy say? I actually don't know. Oh, okay. I, I, I mean, I was It'd be interesting young to know like, what they have. Yeah, yeah. It's funny too because in Van, like people, uh, I'll find out because I still, I still. Stay I mean, like it, it's like, do you think Toronto is expensive? Look at yeah, Vancouver. Yeah, like when you, yeah, yeah. 
especially like downtown Vancouver. Like, yeah. I don't know how people afford it. But functionally, Vancouver's like very, like it's it's it interacts well with its like sub cities. Yeah. I think like maybe better than we it, do. Like, the urban agglomeration yeah. functions a lot better. I've actually never been, so I can't right. speak to it. But it yeah. just seems Toronto that we only have really a couple main arteries yeah. and like it. I could be down. saying that romantically, like as somebody who visited Van. Yeah. But but I find that like Toronto, I think well, like a good example is you have to drive to the city because you work at Eglinton. It's like. That's in the city of Toronto. Like that yeah. should be as a as somebody who's from the suburbs. Like you should have at least Sometime. some. Yeah. Like, you I mean, you mean? could do it, but it's gonna double my commute. Well, so and, it's like, like and there's no good cross time. Yeah. Cross, like once the Eglinton cross time comes in, okay, is that gonna really change things that much? Like then Not you, could, for me. you yeah. could potentially drive to Vaughn. Yeah. And get on the subway Wait. and go along the cross yeah. time. It's like, but Vaughn's gonna be just as long for me. Oh, well, you so, might as well drive. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I might as well. Which is basically what I'm doing now, and I'm like, it's not bad. No, it's not bad. They're they're putting an HOV lane in, so then yeah. I can buy a Tesla and then yeah. drives me there on the yeah. HOV. So yeah, there you yeah, go. we'll see. Yeah, that is funny. Yeah, just don't yeah. watch Harry Potter in it. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I heard that's bad. Yeah. Um, the I think that the, actually the dialogue that we we're sort of having there, and I'll try and rip through this because I want to give you more time to chat, and I know we're gonna get short on time yeah. here. Um, but I I sort of have this perspective that I talk about a lot in the podcast is that real estate itself is a technology. I mean, you can use my uh, notes. No, it's okay. I can do. Yeah. So, and the first one would be like sort of obviously just base layer, like legislative fabric. So it's mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, the, um, real estate is, is a concept that we created to change the way that we as human beings interact with planet earth. Right. Like that's mm-hmm. super, mm-hmm. it's a little bit like fringe, but it, it's true. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not, I'm not giving it credit for something that it isn't. And then the next piece is then we build stuff. So like we use structures, that's like engineering. This is actually real technology that we use to change the way that we, you know, that we interact with one. And we've created spaces for you know, an office where we interact with our coworkers, where retail, where we exchange goods, our home, where we mm-hmm. spend time with our family, etc. Um, and then, but the piece that I really think that like that where you, and I don't know if you think about real estate this way, maybe you do now after mm-hmm. you read my, my questions prior, but I see real estate as like a, an information system that like, now that we have all of these technologies, it real estate is constantly collecting data about like, yeah. and now we have the tools to actually collect data about how people do this, be it through like a, a phone or whatever. But it tells us like shit that sometimes we don't even know about ourselves, right? But um, like the way that we interact with property, uh, be it through, uh, be it through like our, the way that we commute or where mm-hmm. we choose to work, where we choose to live. Um, these are all things that, that, say something about who we are and like on mass like when aggregated all of that data like that can be analyzed on a micro level it can say who you are and then mm. on a but also on a macro level it can say who we are as a, like as a species or as a population and, and it tells us a story right i guess mm. the 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 questions that i have is are there are there any stories that you see from the data that, that you get being you know that the even just the price of housing as an information system that, that you don't think are being talked about or being given enough attention? Um, are there any, like, sort of secrets that, that you that you see from... Um, I wouldn't say so much secrets. I think it's definitely grown over the years, and yeah. I think that's what kept me interested. And, like, yeah. it just so happened that when I started, it was started the boom. Yeah. So I think even from time people in the industry, seeing 30% increases in Richmond Hill and Markham... People were blown away yeah. that uh, that it could go up that high, and I think you probably saw it too. Where houses were going in a day. My first house we bought the night it listed. We put an offer and we yeah. got it. Yeah. So seeing those type of trends, I mean, it has come to me that there's no way that's sustainable. Yeah. Even from talking to some economists, they're like, these are when there's a number that no economic factors can explain. There's something wrong with that. 
So there was something else at play there where maybe it is, is everyone thought this was a great investment. It's that behavior. Everyone's shifting. I got to buy a house now. Yeah. And then sort of seeing, um, then you see the drop. But, um, well, that's just as shocking, right? That's I mean, just as shocking too. But I mean, you had like the FOMO prior. Yeah. And then you get the, the government intervention. So yeah. there's some of that where is it good or bad, but at 30%, like you can't have that. It's not sustainable and something's going to happen. Yeah. Something bad, most yeah. likely. Mm. Um, I think, it, yeah, it is really, uh, but yeah, granted to more on your information system. I actually never really thought about it more on to actually the, the actual pattern of like the spatial, the spatial yeah. thing. Probably less. Uh, the other one where you mentioned was more as the saving vehicle as this. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the reason I got into it was, yeah. okay, it's going to force me mm-hmm. force me to save. I mean, I, I think I'm a pretty good saver, but I'm like, yeah. one, I get a house on my roof. One, it's saving. Yeah. And then, but I think yours was interesting where you get the behavioral one. We can know where this group of people live here. Yeah. What can we say about them? And we've done a little bit on sort of what we call market segmentation where we're, where can we leverage some of StatsCan data? Because, again, they do the surveys. Yeah, so we yeah. get really low data. And we can sort of say, oh, these are baby boomers that live in this area. They basically have lived in their house for 50 years. And they're probably doing pretty well now because they're, they're sitting in Scarborough. Right. They're sitting, they bought their house for 50K. Now it's worth a million dollars. So, but what can you gain from them? They're, they're probably sitting on, they're sitting on this piggy bank of yeah. a house waiting for something to happen. Yeah. Um, it would surprise. I would be curious to see. Um, I wonder if you guys can get... Uh, I guess it's Terranet's data um, purview. Um, yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't really. They don't play with that. Yeah, it's more. It's they. They. They hold that. Too. Yeah, no, it won't. Right? Yeah. so it's super, super. But I was like, I would because that one would be interesting. I think because you look at valuation, and that to me, like beyond the spatial piece, because I think that's more of like a, my brother question is like, yeah. and actually they have something in that called the desire paths, like mm. you pave a road. And then people like walk around it and you see like the, the footpath. Oh, really? And yeah. So like, it, and that's like actually a thing in design. It's like a uh, desire path. Like humans will communicate through the way that they behave something mm. different. And, and a path on grass is just a funnier way. Like you can pave a, a right angle. Right? Yeah. And then people will just walk across the lawn. Yeah. Seriously. Like, Screw it. Yeah. And, but I think they must be, they must be using data now to, to figure out where they're building this. It is. I, uh, I think even like, I hear like uh, one of the, I think it was Starbucks or something. They're using data basically figuring out where to put these stores now. Yeah. They're trying like using, but they, I mean, but they always, they have the consumer, they have the consumer data too, that they can leverage consumer with what they currently infrastructure for city. Well, that's where it comes down to like income and stuff. Actually, if you listen to my, uh, my podcast with Mike Scott and you might be interested in meeting with this guy because, um, he, he worked at a a Mm. finance group in, in real estate, but they use a lot of, um, uh, I guess cell phone data to evaluate the way people are interacting with shopping malls because, Right now, like that's what we one of the that's the big that's probably the biggest uh, like question mark in our whole real estate economy right now is like what the fuck is gonna happen to all these shopping malls, right? Yeah. Big ones like you know your Upper Canada, which we probably grew up yeah. going to, like you can see the role that they play. That's Oxford, like they have the two Sears parcels that are gonna be developed. They're they're already zoned for um, for a purpose built housing, like and they're zoned for like. 15, 16 stories. Yeah. So they're injecting. Isn't there someone going across the street? Yeah, there's a. Well, that's been, the, that's, been, that's the, been zoned for. The, the Redwood on Young One? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've spoken with those guys quite a few times. Uh, there's, I don't know, it's a question mark. Yeah, way, like, right? it, like I see the signs, but I'm like, I haven't seen yeah, anything yeah. in here. I mean, again, like a lot of this yeah. stuff is like approvals and then construction financing and figuring it out, right? Mm. Um, 
But no. The um, but that's the big thing is is that realtor is the retail. Yeah. Yeah. Retail. Well, sorry. Retail. Yeah. But the retail needs populace, right? Like. Yeah. Malls aren't just going to disappear, and the the, the thing that we sort of yeah. there's a girl um or a woman on uh, on Twitter that I interact with a lot, uh, Steph Hughes. I want to chat with her about it. Um, she is like a big evaluator on the retail apocalypse thing. But Mike had an interesting perspective in such that like we the way we sort of concluded was, it might become a place for people to do more of their mindful shopping like where you're actually deliberately going to a place that is a retail establishment to go and interact with a vendor so yeah. then it, it becomes a place for like maybe um artisans or like more of your etsy crowd right? yeah that stuff that doesn't really lend itself well to that online crap economy right yeah. but even then like there there's few things i won't buy online and yeah. clothes are one of the very few i probably won't buy online. Right. I don't do yeah. any of my shopping. Like Jamie has all my measurements and buys my stuff. Cause like I would never be. I couldn't even dress. Like I'm. I'm like oh, so. I take Sam with me when we go. There's yeah. very few things unless it's like a white. If yeah. I need, I need some white t-shirts. Yeah. I can buy those. Yeah. Anything else? I'm I can't buying. even do that. Yeah. I'm like. I'm like. Yeah. I think this looks good. She's like. Yeah. Okay. I'm yeah. like, well, let's go. Like, yeah. What she do you think? Throws it out. Yeah. She throws <laughs> yeah. it out. Yeah. Um, so. No. I'm that. Just like, maybe yeah. shoes. Cause I'm like. I'm pretty sure a size. And yeah. You can. I've. I've played around with some of the refunds that they're not bad. But yeah, electronics is a big thing. I'll buy them online all the time. If I don't buy anything. It's so funny. I'm like, I don't buy any, like I'm the worst because I, I, I just hate retail. Like I say, I hate, yeah. like I hate shopping malls. I hate power centers. I hate like, I just, I don't, I hate, <laughs> oh, like, I, no, I don't know what it is. It's just something about it bothers me. And like, I'm not one of, I don't really super feel super entitled about my time, but like, I just like buying stuff online. Like oh. I like, I like researching. I like clicking through stuff. Like I buy like a lot of really good quality goods, yeah. but I'll buy them online. And like, I can, and, you, and you do a deep dive and you're like, yeah. here, here's four websites that reviewed it. I'm very like, I know what I want, right? Yeah. I'm decisive. So I think it's like, I'll, I'll pick something like I picked Jamie's Christmas gift like last year. And then I waited a whole year to find the best deal on it. And then once it, once I found it, I was like, okay, boom! I know yeah. all I gotta do is click to buy that. Yeah, but, they, they make it easy. But I do like like I do like going to like trade shows or like festivals and stuff like that. Stuff where it's you're like, like there's, right. there's no really online. No, and I mean so, you can do Etsy online, but it's not like you're not yeah. talking to the vendor, you're not learning, yeah. speaking. So there's still some of that, but yeah, some of these big retail like we're seeing, yeah. they're taking a lot of it though is like they're converting into the sort of lifestyle centers, and I guess the big thing is retail requires populace, right? It requires yeah. like people. Um, to be near it. Like, I mean, a good example would be like this sort of corridor right near your house, right? It's like now that that, that big building's there, yeah. and that's a lower income building, yeah. but um, those people still go and frequent these businesses and stuff. And, yeah, yeah. and we'll get... see the new the new subdivision going up in. Yeah, the, like that. The I was like, I wonder home. how much that's going to change. But yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting um, to ask. Uh, well, we're that. trying to put, like, I have two proposals out to try and get um, uh, six story buildings in that area, right? Like, because, yeah. well, this is really where the city wants to see, like, their, it's micro urban core to be. Yeah, become, this right? is, yeah, they want to make this. But I think you need, like, a diversity in the, the group of people because this is becoming a luxury living area. Like, you have all the water from people, you have yeah. Mackenzie Court, yeah. Treasure Hill is going to be upscale stuff. <laughs> and, and then the affordable housing. Not that they, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of affordable housing, but the way that it, it plays its role in an yeah. economy, it has to be, like, on the density piece. Yeah. You're going to have, the, like, um, the affordable housing residents walk experiencing the walkability piece you have to add the the offset i guess you could say and that's a different one and i and i'm getting very tangential now but those are all unindexed pensioners so those are people who like got a pension from gm in like the you know 70s or something that for like 500 bucks and thought that they'd be able to live forever yeah it. and i mean nobody knew like how bad inflation was gonna get yeah. nothing anyway um but so those are just like your regular you know blue collar retiree yeah widows stuff like that um but but um, where was I going with that? I think um, anyway. Oh, the the retail piece. Yeah. You got to bring. So now they're bringing like 
the towers to the malls, right? Yeah. And then how does the mall function as like now that you have all of these? Is it is it like Vaughn Metropolitan Center would be a good example. Like you're you drive down Vaughn at like four oh seven now and there's like six four or like forty, fifty story buildings. They're massive. Across the road from them is like an aluminum aluminum smelting plant. Yeah. Right? Or like an industrial mm-hmm. wasteland. And then like but then you have up the road Vaughn Mills Mall and then Charisma's going in there. Um, Not subways there. Yeah. yeah. Is the mall going to become the heart of a lot of these suburban areas? And then we get like a Dubai-esque um, like role that the mall plays, right? Like is that the congregation? Because we still have a sh- like four months out of the year that like you don't want to really go outside. It hurts yeah. your face. Yeah, yeah. So you get that thing. Anyway, I don't know. Food for thought. I, I just feel like those are more just things I want to plant in your brain to see like, because I'm sure you're going to have some good insight on it. Yeah, it'd be interesting like, to how, know what, how do you analyze. How do you use, that, how you use the data? A lot of it's, like, just the the spatial shit on your phone. I know. Just knowing where you go and, like, things, but, yeah. Um, I think the next one that we were going to chat about was um, blockchain very briefly because you, you know, it's funny because I think, like, the last time that you and I spoke about it was sort of the last time both of us did anything about it. Yeah. I am working with a group right now um, called One Ledger. They they do blockchain stuff, and so we're working on basically, I don't know, it's going to be a very gray area um, on whether or not Treb's going to like it, but like sort of taking all of their, their data using their API and creating a real estate blockchain from it using the, almost identical to what that Hyperledger fabric thing that I did was. So everybody, like, I, th- I think a blockchain land registry makes a lot of sense. Mm. I think. Like, it's, mm. it's, that's pretty important safe data mm. or data to be kept safe. And then, you know, it can be attached to a real physical thing. Beyond that, and I think the answer we sort of discussed prior was no – you know, is there anything, is there any bigger role that you see blockchain playing in the real estate transaction system or does like the infrastructure needs to change first and that's the government and it's not going to happen anytime soon or, or they're doing it and we don't know about it. Yeah. I mean, they could be doing it. We don't know, but I think there'd have to be some type of change. Um, like there was a huge interest. Like when we were talking about it, it was massive two, two years ago. And I mean, I've heard less and less about it right. popping up in just the blogs or forums uh, I've been on. Yeah. So, um, unless there's some big change, something's happened that in the past couple months that I'm unaware of, right. I would think there's still be something have to change right. before we really use it. But again, like it could be a start if, if, if we can, pr- if you could prove a concept, uh, yeah. the blockchain ledger for yeah. the land registry, then maybe it's somewhere you could go, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's sort of what the concept is. Is that yeah. basically like at a at a um, land registry and MLS level, like yeah. controlling the transaction start from finish. Because then it's it's not so much the the realtor piece because like it's it, I think it's more the lawyer piece, right? It's like the, the knowing t- everything title conveyance and all. That's that. the thing. But yeah, was really you could see it be beneficial versus now. I'm not sure how they do it. Like, like yeah, it's just pay, like I want well, like a digital all, system. Yeah, like, I can just, show you, but it's yeah. sort of it's in. A, I think it's just it's something that like literally I look at it and I'm like, like at how? least in Canada, like at least or at least with the way that I understand most. Um, imperial, imperial British land registry systems like this is that that like that is the blockchain like that's what it's designed for. Yeah. So I just think that's funny, but uh, okay, we won't. I won't. I won't yeah. belabor that dialogue then. Like as mm-hmm. I think that that's sort of like I just think it's funny that it hasn't been adopted yet at a, at a, at a meaningful scale. Um, and I, I I if yeah I don't I don't know why probably legislative hurdles eh. Yeah, I would think that the government or if it's some of these these bigger companies that just don't want it or again new technology some of them are really slow to adopt where they're yeah. just like yeah no 
Yeah. Or they're stuck in their old ways. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, the last piece, and I think that lends itself really well to like the chat, the difficulty that most people have with disruption or innovation in the real estate space. I'm sure that you probably deal with that yeah. on a regular basis. Um, but um, the, the, I think we've sort of peppered like the entire discussion about uh, about this with the way that machine learning is going to play a role. And I think the big the big question mark that we're Evolving around is is the consumer element like that's only really the only people piece left to solve right yeah. Mo- almost anything quantitatively we have enough information to know about right it's yeah. the, what's going on in people's brains at any given time and then the aggregation of that that creates the final little piece and value um, is is the big question is there anything that you want to talk about like sort of before we wrap up that um, from the ML perspective or you know your objectives stuff that you want to problems that you want to solve in the real estate space um, that because I, I find that one of the things we really encourage people to do with our mm-hmm. podcast is to like just to reach out to guests and reach out to one another and uh, you know just build a network of people who want to work together on this kind of shit um, to, to better the, the way that we experience real estate as one as individuals um, is there any anything that you can think of that, that you haven't mentioned that you want to talk about um, when it comes to technology real estate uh, machine learning etc um, I thought we, I mean, really cover, covered just quite at the high level everything. Yeah. I think it's more for, for me, like for someone who wants to get into it. I mean, there's a bunch of, uh, sources. I would say the big one that I've used specifically for anyone who's really interested is Kaggle. Okay. So these are just data science competitions that companies put out there. Cool. Um, I've only entered one, didn't do great. But I, the real value I find it is people will post those solutions. Right. So, again, okay, usually, sometimes the top one posts, but some of these other ones posted, and you really get to understand their thought process, their thought process throughout. And one of the big ones was the Zillow competition. Right. I mean, that was huge interest to in me because that's basically what we do mm-hmm. here at RPS. Uh, you don't get to see his, they kept the top solution. The Zestimate. Right? The Zestimate, yeah. yeah. So, trying to improve the Zestimate, which is, I mean, which is basically an AVM. So, that's probably the goal of ours is to, to keep improving our EVM. Like we, yeah. granted, we can keep getting more accurate. We're never going to have, I mean, the theory is to add that consumer behavior, but if we don't have the data yet, how can we improve this? Right. So it's really working on or what other open set data sets out there that we can infuse or just to attempt with. So we're throwing in demographics, we're throwing in points of interest, we're throwing in sort of any kind of open source data that we can find, even if we don't think so throw it in the model let's see what happens yeah so i really say is it's a lot of uh trial and error right guesswork uh, guesswork like um like just trying to see if there's yeah, a correlation you initially use your best things from your subject matter experts through mm-hmm. through work or through talking through people that really initially this is what we think um but let's throw throw stuff at it let it run for a bit and let's see do we see improvement um but yeah it's definitely a lot to learn still i'm still i mean i'm yeah. still just out of the brink and I mean, it's it's a crazy evolving field. Like I think deep learning is something I'd really get interested in. Yeah. Um, Do you think you're gonna go further on the academic side with ML? Yeah, I always thought about it. Maybe reaching out and going to the masters. Yeah. But um, the one I've seen is is like it's either you go you go masters and you go PhD or yeah. you or you stay high level. You can run the models. You have a, a basic right. understanding. You can talk to a little bit of it. But to go nitty gritty and you to go like to the the top 1% where you're running these things that no one ever seen. Yeah. Um, 
I don't think I'd ever go there. I don't know. I don't know if I want to do four or five more years of schooling. Is that like a purely economical thing, or like like because you still have to exist in like the make make the wage like the wager? Yeah, there's probably a little bit of that too, where I'm comfortable in my life and I'm like I don't want to upend. But uh, but they have part time masters, so there's the option there too. So I've actually been looking at one on in the tech space myself, like uh, an MS in uh, information system, because like I really am interested in learning more about how we can like. I want to see real estate explored as an information system, really. And yeah. Like, so that, um, so I've, I'm actually I've submitted that that is sort of my my principal concept for, for for whatever. I don't know how they I don't know what they call it, but like it's not a thesis, but like basically that's what I want. To this is your statement. Sort of a statement of what you. Yeah, and so they're gonna get back to me if I yeah. get into it, but. Um, but okay. I think I really want to get into a little bit more of natural language processing. Right. We haven't done too much, even in my workplace, or it's not something that I even through. Um, York University course. Yeah. Uh, there was a little bit of option to touch on it, but it was mostly going through some tweets, some more detailed where some of the new stuff I've seen come out have been pretty crazy. Where you can give it an article, you can give it a sentence, and it will write you an article on it right. that almost you can't you can't tell it was written by it. Like it's mm, pretty some easy. of the deep learning stuff. So, um, but that sort of it's getting more into the black box and. I think the real push is, is can we make machine learning more understandable? Can we understand some of these? Yeah. And deep learning is way more black box. It's sort of trying to map the human brain. Let's yeah, let's yeah. and then create it. Yeah. But I mean, I feel like there's like I a go cross, down like there's I, a huge cross pollination with that though, right? Because yeah. Because like with, with ML, like when you're starting to solve problems like what I'm just describing, yeah. Um, you know, if you, I think some of the conclusions that you draw through that ML process are things that probably will lend themselves well to that like deep learning thing, right? Like yeah. how human beings interact with their their homes right and even from just from what i read and some people i follow it's it's really hard to nowadays with ml being so huge yeah even if you were to take a master phd you're almost stuck to you really have to focus on what do you want to do, do you want mlp are you doing regression are you doing image classification right. image detection so it's like speech very are you doing like like if you really if you're gonna become a it's like you said you have to okay which one which one are you really yeah. gonna go into yeah. granted again you're gonna there's a lot of different stuff that's crossover that you're going to learn from, but if you really want to be a huge, one of the top experts, like you're really going deep into yeah. that. It's so funny. Like, like I, self-driving is something cool to me, yeah, but I'm like, there's yeah. just no way I'm going to, yeah. unless it is, yeah, uh, it would I, be cool, but it's, I, I feel like that's just a reflection of the economy in general though. Like, um, you know, you, you think about like Adam Smith and like the uh, specialization of division of labor, right? Yeah. Like wealth of nations stuff. Like that's just the fundamentals of a, what he would call a good economy. And I think that we operate on pretty Smithian economic principles, at least in our country. But then it comes down to like, okay, when you moved into the house, you're like, I didn't know how to do anything, right? Yeah. Like, and it's those are, there's people who specialize in that. Like I think our generation is one of the la- like one of the first generations where we're not really generalists at all, like most of us. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing. And like I always wonder because I consider myself to be a little bit of a generalist, and most people that I interact with that would be like typical of society criticize me for that because they're like, you can't focus on one thing. Like I have severe ADHD, so it's like. But I, no. I can never, I, I just can't do, like, I can't finish most 